Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Okay. So we've worshipped, we've shared... Now we need to feed our minds and our souls and find out more about our Saviour. So Father God, I thank you that as Pastor Richards brings your word to us today, I thank you, Father, that you will help us to listen, to hear, and to hear what you have to say to your church. So through him, the man has been faithful and he has prepared a word and that you are going to speak through him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. How are we doing? You all right? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking good. Turn to your second choice, the other side, and say, you're looking really good. Before we start, I just as we were praying earlier this morning in our prayer meeting, we have a prayer meeting for 15 minutes, I just got the word pain, and I got the words hurt. And the word anguish came to mind. And I think there's more than just one person maybe here that you're in pain. You feel hurt. That might be a physical hurt. It might be a spiritual hurt or a wound. And maybe you're, you're in anguish. And I just want to minister to whoever... That is today. If that's you, just put your hand up and say, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. Say, that's me. I've had pain. I feel hurt and anguish. I sense anguish. Okay. There's a few people here. There's three. Would it be okay if you... Can we pray for you? If it's okay to pray for you, can you just put your hand up and acknowledge that? Okay, that's brave. Can we get some of the prayer team and just pray for these precious people, please, before we go any further? It's fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Jesus came to take our shame. He came to set us free. He came to set us free from our sin. I also believe that Jesus took our pain, our hurt and our anguish, our fears, and nailed them on the cross. I believe Jesus has done a completed work for us. And um, he is now in heaven interceding for the body of Christ in these days that we live in at the moment. So let's just be sensitive, just bow your heads and just pray for the people being prayed for. And let's believe that that pain, that hurt, that anguish is going to leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, we're not meant to carry burdens. I believe Jesus took all of our burdens on the cross. Thank you, Father. I must believe that freedom is taking place and We can give whatever we have to Jesus at the cross and say, Lord, just take this burden from me. Take this pain from me. Take this anguish from me. 
Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray, then we get into our message as people are just closing. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending a saviour. Aren't you glad that he's risen? Aren't you glad that he's risen from the dead? You can say yes, that's okay. Hey, because if he hasn't risen, we won't rise. And we're going to meet him one day face to face. What a day that's going to be. A few words, well, Dave, you face to face. And I think success for me as a pastor is just these few words, well done. Good and faithful servant. It's good, isn't it? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for Jesus, for sending your son to die for us, to die a cruel death on a cross, so that we could live and be and live with you for eternity. Thank you, Father God, for this message. Thank you that these words that I'm speaking are seeds, and I pray that they go into the heart. And I thank you. These are incorruptible seed, and they will go out and, and um, do what you call them to do, for Father God, and they will not return void. And if you love the Lord, you'll say amen. Before um, I get into the next part of this series on the Godhead, we're going through the Godhead at the moment. I wanted to let you know about our transitional journey, and um, I've decided to put it back for a few weeks for lots of reasons. I think coming out of holidays, July, August, and September, you know, we, we sort of lose momentum as, as the body of Christ, as believers, we don't meet as regularly. And I think it would be a, a better time to share that in a few weeks. And I'm going to share a little bit about vision and what we're planning for the next few months, if that's okay. So if you're disappointed about that, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, and before I crack on with this part of the message, I'm going to read an article uh, from the Christian Institute, um, which I read part of it last week. I get this magazine, The Whole Council of God. This is the Christian Institute. I get that often. And they've today... And they've written some things in here about the challenges the church faces today. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel because it is what? It's the power of God, isn't it? Unto salvation. We mustn't be ashamed of the gospel. I'm passionate about the word of God. I really am. I thank God that I grew up in a church where they taught the Word of God. They taught us to stand strong and, and use our own faith when we have the struggles in life, because we all have struggles in life, don't we? So the church is under attack. I believe the body of Christ is under attack. I just want to read um, this to you. Here we go. I read some of it last week. In two, 2023, we have our own pressure points where believers are under strong attack. Gender ideology, sexual ethics, marriage, and the sanctity of life being some of the most prominent. It's vital that the preaching ministry of the church helps believers in the battles they face in these areas. In the visible church today, false teaching is abundant. Many mainline churches are dominated by liberalism, the belief system that requires no repentance to accompany faith in Christ, but liberalism is not a branch of Christianity, it's another religion. As Paul said, we need to be on our guard. We need to follow the... He preached to this of the Apostle Paul. He applied the gospel directly to his hearers. He preached to their situation, to the pagans who believed in the unknown God. He proclaimed the God they should worship. To the Jews, he proclaimed in their synagogues from the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. We are to speak with gentleness and respect. We are to have good behavior in Christ as we attend 
or defend and teach the gospel. It's true that whenever Paul spoke in public or in churches, there was always a risk that some could get annoyed. Jesus, you know, told people the truth about them, didn't he? He called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs, didn't he? He said, your lips are, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Jesus knows that. And, you know, sometimes he can get, can get a reaction when we preach the gospel. Rejection of the gospel is always going to be on the reaction, is going to be a reaction to hearing the message. So he did not hesitate. As he said, be prepared to preach in season and out of season. Paul was quite prepared to tackle the issues that needed attention. We know, for example, that he did this when writing to the Corinthians, he highlighted one particular sin and his remarks caused much sorrow. Yet it was godly sorrow that led to repentance. Yeah, there's godly sorrow. There's worldly sorrow as well. I just want to take this opportunity to thank all of our teams that serve. You come here on a Sunday. Isn't it amazing? All the chairs are out, the band are up there. They've been here since about 8 o'clock. They came yesterday to set up for Wonder. So I want to thank every team that's involved from... Welcome to the car park, to the cafe, to the setup team. Yeah, come on. All those in production, the children's church teachers, they don't just rock up with a, you know, at lastminute.com with a little lesson. They spend hours. My wife spends days sometimes doing the, and I've got to go out shopping and get this stuff for the children. And sometimes I've got to do all the cutting out. And Esther said, can you do this for me? And because she asked so nicely, I oblige. And I said, yes, of course I can. So I get involved in it as well. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Yeah, we need to honor the people that serve here. The guys in the youth, they're going to learn about the Word of God. Really important. We need to know about the Word of God, and we need to know what it is and how we can stand on it. One thing that Paul wrote, before I get into my message, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he warns the church in Galatia, and he says this in Galatians 1.6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Look at that. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Can we believe that? Some of us pastors might have seen some of this. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than we have preached to you, let him be accursed. These are strong words from Paul. And again, he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel than you have received, let find it say accursed. Very strong stuff from Paul. You know, I find it sad. I mentioned last week that Paul said to Timothy, preach the gospel. He was a young pastor. He was the pastor of the Ephesian church. And uh, Paul was warning him against false teachers in those days and false teachers in, false teachers in our days. And it made me think, that's quite a, a statement that's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I said it last week. I um, can't think what it is now. Stating the obvious. Like, preach the gospel. I see too many things when I'm flicking through, I want to watch messages, where pastors stand in pulpits and they start naming and shaming other pastors that are preaching something that maybe they shouldn't, but we shouldn't be doing that. I think that's why Paul said preach the gospel. That's what we need to do, not name and shame people. God will deal with those people. David said about Saul, who wanted to kill him, you should not touch God's anointed. Must be very careful when we do that. And let's not use this platform, a platform like this, to name and shame other people. We need to share the word of life. Is that okay? You still love me? Say that. I'm the pastor. 
You're the pastor, gotta love me. Who remembers that series? What was it called? You don't know. Oh, what was it about? I can't remember. Anyway, and that's what the daddy used to say. I'm the daddy, gotta love me. Anyway, so we're in a series called The Godhead. And this morning I want to look at God as the creator, if that's okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to see God as creator and the sustainer of all things. We're also going to see Jesus, that Jesus is God. Because a lot of people, even Christians, don't believe the deity of Jesus, that he's truly God. That he was truly man, but he was truly God. And we're also going to have a look at references over this series about the Trinity. This is really a simple message. But, you know, sometimes we forget the basics. Do you know that? We forget the basic. We don't believe sometimes the word of God. I just want to read this. It's not up there. 2 Peter 1.12. Therefore, I will always remind you of these things, even though you already know them. Sometimes we need to preach things over and over again because we don't get it. It's like children. You know, when we were children in school, it was a long time ago, John, wasn't it? I'm only 40. Remember, I got saved in 1982. And, you know, it was repetitive stuff. You know, your one times table and your two... Why did you do that? Repetition. Kids, they, they understand repetition. You can get it. You can start quoting it verbatim, can't you? I'm glad I learned maths. I hated... I didn't like school. But it's, and when I left school, I thought, God, that was the best place for me. They were some of our best years. They really were. It's good to learn, isn't it? That's why we're in church. Say, I'm learning. I'm even learning the simple things. I'm even learning the simple things that I already know. And he goes on to say, and have been established in the truth which is present within you. I love that. The truth must be present within us. So when we're around, when we're around people and people touch us, the word comes out. The love comes out. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you've prayed, Father, fill me today. That when you're around people, that that will come out. Amen. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because when we drink of Jesus, we can drink so that we're full, can't we? And that drinking from him isn't just for us, but for everyone, everyone we come into contact with. Can we say amen to that? Okay, turning your Bibles to Genesis 1 verse 1. We're going to get into this. If I don't finish today, I can carry on with this next week. And I know you know some of these things. I love this. Look at this. Genesis 1.1, the New King James. It says, in the beginning, God. Everyone say, in the beginning, God. And it says, created the heavens and the earth. The first thing we see here is that word God. When we look at the word God in our Bibles, the word God can have many meanings and many different names. And God has got very many titles. But the, the word for God in this verse here, in the beginning, God, the word is the Hebrew Elohim. Some of you might know that. Some of you might not. Elohim is the plural form of God. And means gods, all three of the Godhead, were present and involved at creation. The Strong's Concordance describes Elohim. Look at that. Rulers, plural. Judges, plural. Divine ones, plural. So Elohim is the plural form of God. This shows the plurality of God or the Trinity. I know the word Trinity doesn't appear in your Bibles, but it's alluded to throughout Scripture. You know, when God created man, what did he say? Let us. Who is he speaking to? I don't think he was speaking to the angels. I think he was speaking to God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Let us make man. Oh, 
Adrian, you're created in the image of God. Fine-looking man. Turn around and let everyone see you. What a fine-looking man you are. Oh, I kid. Jesus loves you. That's your identity is in him. Not in your job or what you do. That's what you did for a job. That was, that's what you did for a living. Your identity is in him. Rob, that's where your identity lies, in him. You know, when we walk into a room, let's not be arrogant, but let's be confident in who we are in Christ. I taught a series on intimidation once, and when I lived in, lived in South Africa, we're English, we went to South Africa, got saved and came here. I got intimidated, I was a salesman, I'd go around and sell parts for trucks and earth-moving equipment, that's part of my background. And I used to feel intimidated, I went into one office one day, uh, and, and I was on my own, and it was a part of the country where most of the guys would speak Afrikaans, I couldn't speak Afrikaans. And these guys were big burly guys, we've got a big burly guy, I look at Sylvester, a fine specimen, he's a big, you know, if, if I meet him for the first time, I I might feel intimidated. And I thought, I, I don't like that. I don't like feeling intimidated. And then I got to learn the word of God. And what I do now, I'll go, I'll go straight into a room. I'll look straight in their eyes and say, how are you doing, bro? And I hope I intimidated him. No. <laughs> no. That's the little guy syndrome. I don't believe this little guy syndrome thing. People say, you're a bit tiny, aren't you? I say, well, the greater one lives in me. That's the way we should be. Not arrogantly, but... Let's declare who we are in Christ. Amen? Never felt intimidated again. At the Tower of Babel, what did God say? Let us go down and confuse their language. So that implies the Trinity, doesn't it? We're going to have a look here about eternity, that God is eternal. In the beginning, God. I love that. Eternity is the transcendence of time, and it refers to eternal, eternal existence. Speaking of God, he is without beginning and without end. Before anything was, God was. We've got to hold on to these truths. In fact, the Bible says in the Old Testament that God inhabits Eternity. Let's have a look at our next verse. If you've got your Bibles, bring your Bibles to church. I could be saying anything. Don't believe a word that people say behind a pulpit. Don't believe every word that you hear. Look at this. For the high and exalted one. Do we exalt him? We come here on a Sunday not to exalt ourselves, but the one who created you and me. And you know why he created us? Melody, do you know why he created us? He created us to worship him. He created us to worship him. That's why we're created. We're created beings. Has everyone got a voice? Don't worry, I'm not going to pick on you to sing. Although, although when we do sing, when we do sing, I think God's there with a the dial. He's got the EQ. Not that we sing off. I've never heard anyone sing off. God's got the dial up there and it sounds, what, incense rising. That's what we heard, isn't it? Do you know when we pray, the Bible says that prayers... Our prayers are like incense rising towards the throne of God. Don't stop praying. Keep praying. For the high and exalted one, he who inhabits eternity. The New Living says God lives in eternity. So eternity is a place that transcends time. You know, because all other beings are created, we are excluded in one sense from experience true eternity. Although every person on the planet is going to experience eternity, either with God or not with God, separate from God. We can't experience eternity 
in its truest sense, because all beings besides God have been created. But he isn't created. I want us to understand that in Genesis 1.1, when it says in the beginning God, it relates to the earth's beginning and mankind's beginning and incorporates origins. The origin of the earth, the origin of life, the origin of man, the origin of sin and so on. Okay, let's go back to Genesis 1 again. Let's just read that. Genesis 1.1, King James. I've highlighted that word created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word created is translated in Hebrew as bara. Everyone say bara. Bara. Say, I can speak Hebrew. Say that. And what does that mean? It means to create something out of nothing. And I hope I'm going to impress the pastors here this morning because theologians refer to this. Do you know what that is? That's Latin. Aren't you, aren't you glad we don't speak Latin? I have a trouble, trouble speaking English sometimes, getting myself across in English. Creatio ex nili. How do you pronounce it? Come on, Vicar, tell me. How's it go? Uh, and again? Uh, that sounds really good to me. I'd pronounce it really bad. It's Latin for creation out of nothing. Are you impressed with that? No, all right then. Okay. And means that God created the world using nothing from no pre-existing matter, no space or time. And in order to qualify this, we need to go through Scripture to see that Scripture backs up things like this. Is that okay? So if you've got your Bibles, Hebrews 11 verse 3, we're going to read from the New Living and then the Amplified. By faith. Everyone say by faith. See, this is what we've got to understand, people. I don't know. I don't know everything that's in here. I know you're disappointed by that. And I might not understand everything in here. But I have to trust by faith that this is the word of God. And this is for us to live by. Like I said before, if you don't know how to you know, conduct your marriage, read your Bible. If you want to know how to bring up children, read your Bible. If you want to know how to live a godly life, read your Bible. That's what we have our Bibles for. Amen? So by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that we now see, and what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. On a Sunday morning, I get up early and it's darker now. I get up early and I go in my office. I've got a nice office that my friend helped me build. That's great. Thank you, my friend. I'm eternally grateful for my office. And I'll tell you why. Because I could look out the window. It was dark. And I saw the moon. And it was just hanging there. Don't you get a little bit in awe and wonder when you see that? Well, you think, how, how come it's there? I think we take it for granted. Well, we see the moon. We see the stars and everything else. But we take it for granted. And I looked at that and I thought, God, you're amazing. You created that for your glory, but for our pleasure. Do you get pleasure in watching the stars at night? I love it. I'll just read that again. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. And what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. If we look at that in the Amplified, it says this. By faith, that is with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power. Look at that. The power... Power holds that there. Power holds the earth. Have you seen, who saw um, the Louis Giglio things? And he showed you a picture of earth. And it was the tiniest little planet with billions of planets around it. And yet God is mindful of you, Cindy. 
When he wakes up, when you wake up, oh, Cindy's awake. She's going to go to church today and praise me. Hope you praised him. I heard you singing, which is good, isn't it? Oh, you didn't sing. It must have been someone else in. I'm giving you praise. You should have said, yes, I, I did sing. And when you're awake, God knows you're awake. And he's interested in you. Every part of your life he's interested in. Amen, if we'll trust him. If we trust his word. This is his word to us. It's alive and powerful. Do we believe that? Come on, do we really believe it? Do we put into practice what we hear and learn? That was a quiet yes, and that's okay. By faith that is with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God, we understand that the worlds, the universe, and ages were formed and created, were framed and created, formed, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. Look at that. I want to read that again. For their intended purpose by the word of God. By what? The word of God. So that it... What is seen was not made out of things which are visible. We couldn't even see those things with the naked eye or even with a, a microscope. At God's command, the universe was formed. And we see, what we see now is when God, what did he do at creation? He didn't wave his hand. What did he do? He spoke, what? The word. And everything came into it. And we go a little bit deeper in light was on. So he spoke creation into being. He said, light be, and light was. Do we believe that? Do we hold firm to that? Or is there another narrative in the world that says it's contrary to that? Or tells us contrary to the word of God? So God's word is powerful. Look at this verse. I love this verse of scripture. Have I got it? Oh, no. There it is. Job 26.7. God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. Nothing. It's quite scary when you see those pictures that Louis Giglio, when he did those series. What were they called? Any, can anyone remember what they were called? What is it? Indescribable. And you saw those pictures. You saw the little, little earth there. Just, it was just incredible. Absolutely amazing. Have you ever wondered how? Do you ever think like that? I wonder if the, the planets are going to fall out of the sky. Do you ever think like that? That moon is going to drop somewhere. Have you ever thought how that is kept there? And all the stars, everything we see in the sky, the galaxies, the planets, that they just sit there. Do you ever think about that? What holds them there? Has God got some glue? I'll just put a bit more glue on them. The moon slipped a bit. I better put more glue on that. Paint that in the sky. No. So look at the next few verses. We're going to see Jesus as creator now. Look at this. Hebrews 1 verse 1, the Amplified. God, having spoken to the fathers long ago. I've got to read all this to get the context of what I want to say in the last verse. God, having spoken to the fathers long ago in the voices and writings of the prophets in many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of truth and in many ways. Verse 2 says, Has in these last days spoken with finality, Jesus. Aren't you glisten of one? who is by his character and nature his son, namely Jesus. Aren't you glad for the name of Jesus? Aren't you glad that he's in your life? The B part of that says, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. You know, he's an heir of God. Did you know you're an heir of God as well? Before anything else, Mark, you are a son. 
a son of the Most High. And he's mindful of you when you wake up. Look out. Mark's awake. You meant, there was a little tittle there, a little chuckle anyway. Maybe Cindy says that. Uh Oh, he's awake. No, she doesn't say that. Who appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. But not only are you an heir, Mark, you're a joint heir with Christ. Everything he has is yours. You know that? Through whom he also, look at that, what does it say? Created the universe, that is the universe as space-time matter continuum. Verse 3, the sun is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory. That word Shekinah, I think it was in when they dedicated Solomon's temple. There were 120 worshippers, isn't that good? 120 worshippers. And in the New Testament, we see in Acts, there were 120 in the upper room, and they were worshipping God, and the glory cloud came. I believe that's the Shekinah glory of God. And they could not minister because of the weighty presence of God. Who'd like to get like that in church? Where you just cannot. I've been like that in some meetings, not many, not many. Where people were just, a simple song started out, a place in Johannesburg. The Rhema Church were doing something, and there were about 5,000 people in this room. Everyone was on their knees just singing this song. There was no accompaniment, no musical instruments. Everyone, I looked up and everyone's kneeling. They're in that place where God's presence comes. We come here to experience God's presence. To have an encounter with Jesus. Isn't that good? Isn't that good that you can read, that this is now translated into English and you can read this yourself. Years ago they didn't have Bibles and yet to believe what the guy said at the front. Now you've got some of these in our bookshelves, do we pick them up and read them? Do we know what they say? The sun is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory. The light being the brilliant light of the divine and the exact representation and perfect imprint of his Father's essence. So have you ever wondered how all those things stand out there? This next verse astounds me. I love it. I love it in the New King James, but I'm going to read it. I think that's in the... I think that's in the Amplified. It says this. And upholding and maintaining and propelling all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word, carrying the universe along in its predetermined path. When God spoke those things into being, he said, I know what we'll do, Jesus. We'll just stick a few. We stick this, we'll stick the earth here. We, where are we going to put the sun? Would it matter where we put the sun? Why is that? I'll tell you what, if, you know, we're a bit further away from the sun, we'd freeze. If we were a bit closer, we would burn, wouldn't we? Put your sun cream on. Why do you think you have cloud? Oh, it's cloudy today. Why is that? God's stopping the sun from burning you. Isn't that good? Oh, we got right. Oh, rain. I woke up this morning. Oh, I feel really dreary because it's raining. To praise God because we need rain on the earth. God sends the rain, doesn't He? The New King James says that He upholds all things by the word of His power. He upholds all things. That sun is put in the right place. All those planets and everything else are put in the right place. Why? For His glory. Why are they there? For his glory. So that we can look up. Those ancient people of ancient days, days of old, they must have looked in the sky. What did they think when they first saw the moon? Oh, what's that hanging? What's that? Gee, God put that there. They must have been so inquisitive. 
Jesus is the living one, and he's the one who created all things, and he upholds all things and sustains all things by his word. So is the word important? Is it powerful? Let's have a look at Jesus as God. People say, no, Jesus can't be God. There are people who knock on your door and say, no, Jesus might have been a good man, but he wasn't God. I love these verses. In the beginning, look, in the beginning again. Who's this talking about? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, the Word, really? I think my Bible says that. It says he was a good man. Is that what it says? So you, know, you need to know these things off by heart. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. We can see clearly that. You know, in Isaiah, how does it describe Jesus? One word. Begins with an I. Ends with an L. Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Jesus is God with us, and he lives in you. Lives in you, Ghana. The greater one lives in you. So when the devil comes knocking on your door, wants a piece of you, Jesus steps forward and says, you want a piece of me? Verse 2. Come on. I've got it there. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. Verse 3. All things were made and came into existence through him. How? Through him. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. This verse clearly shows us that Jesus is God. Let's have a look at a couple of other verses before I close. I'm going to show you a little slideshow at the end. Can we see other verses that show Jesus as creator? Let's have a look at that. Colossians 1.16. The Living Bible says this. Christ himself is the creator who made everything in heaven and earth. The things we can see and the things we can't. The spirit world. Do you know the spirit world is real? You know that? We live in a flesh body and we live by our five senses, but the spiritual world is real. Ephesians tells us that we are to recognize the, the devil's wiles, his tactics, and it says there are principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this age. They are real. So we have a spiritual host coming against the people of God. The spirit world, with its kings and kingdoms, its rulers and authorities, all were made by Christ for his own use and Glory. I love that. And then Philippians, Ephesians 3.9. I love this. New King James. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, they're really bad pictures and we can't capture. We just can't capture the majesty of that. And I think if we were to see pictures from these telescopes that go out into space, clearly on a screen with good definition, I just think, you know, doesn't it make you just want to bow? That's not a painting. In fact, it is. There's an old song, Who Paints the Skies? I don't know what that is, goodness me. It's just a picture I found.
So to recap, we see God as the creator, God, Elohim, in three persons. Plural, God in three persons. We see Jesus in the beginning with God. We see his deity, that he truly is God. We see Jesus as creator of all things. We see Jesus as upholding all things, sustaining all things by his word. I think the takeaway for today is that whenever we approach the Bible, even when we see things that are really familiar to us, to just pray about those verses that we read, even if they're familiar and you think, well, I know that verse, sometimes we can get revelation after reading something many, many times. I really do believe that. So believe that the word of God is true. Meditate on it and then act upon it. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Just say that. Just say that after me. God is good. You know he's good all the time. When we, when we think of the stars, I, I mean, scientists could probably tell us there's probably billions of stars, billions of galaxies. And God has created all those things for his glory. But I think it is astounding that God would choose man to allow his glory to live inside of man. That, that is astonishing. Because God isn't in, in a building, a literal building. We are that building. We are that temple, the Bible says, and God lives in us by his spirit. So when we think of all those, everything that God formed, I don't believe he, he, he wakes up, he, doesn't probably, he never slumbers or sleeps, does he? I don't probably think, I wonder how that galaxy is doing way out there. He's thinking of you and me because we're his kids and we're to come to him like children with childlike faith. And I want to give up people opportunity today if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity like that today. Someone gave me that opportunity 40 years ago, and I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and my life has never been the same. We've had challenges in our lives, all of us have, but imagine having those challenges without God. It's challenging enough with God, but without God, how could we survive? So if you're here today and you're not sure whether you've asked Jesus into your life, you know, being saved is simple. It's not just attending church, which is a good thing. that doesn't get us saved. We've got to confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe from our heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. That's how we get. And you just want to allow Christ to come into your life and into the driving seat of your life while every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Just raise your hand up and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Let's just think about that and be sensitive about that for now. You know, some people, sadly, have turned their back on God for whatever reason, and sometimes for good reason. You know, the church should be the safest place on earth, but sometimes it can be, it can be the worst. People have been hurt in church. People have left churches out of hurt, either by the minister or their team or, or from people within the church sometimes. People turn their back on God for an argument they may have had with someone in the church. We don't know. And you know God knows that. And he's, I believe God is saying to you today, don't give up on the church. It's his mechanism to see his glory in the last days and he wants you to be part of it. And if you're not part of a body, you're a part that's missing. So the body can't function the way it could do because we're all parts of the body that are needed, like Mark said earlier. 
And if you've turned your back on God or turned away from God, he's never turned away from you. He's waiting like the prodigal son. The father went out every day to see if the son would return. And one day he stood there waiting and the son ran. And he said, my son was dead, but now he's alive. That's how God the Father would treat you, friend, if you wanted to embrace him again and walk with him again. Is that you? I don't believe you're here by accident this morning. If that's you, well, no one's looking around. Just put your hand up and another one to God. I want to give God another chance because, friend, he wants to give you another chance and another one and another one and another one. Anybody this morning? Okay, let's believe we're all right with God today. I'm going to close the service. We're going to have some tea and coffee. Please enjoy some fellowship afterwards. Father God, I thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come and just worship the creator, worship the one who created us and created all this, this wonderful world that we can live in and all the people of the world so that we could reach them for Jesus. Help us in our daily walk with you, Father, from Sunday to Sunday, not to wait for Sunday to be active in the church, but be active all throughout the week. I thank you, Father God, as we go right now, that your angels encamp around about us and keep us safe, free from harm until we can meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a prayer team. If anyone needs prayer for anything, guys will be up the front with lanyards on. Please don't go if you need prayer. They'll be here to pray for you. God bless. Nice to see you again. We'll catch up soon.